The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You found Destination Love with Shelley Pumphrey. This is not a program about becoming the perfect date or how to get that special someone you've been admiring to notice you. Instead, we'll bring you the science behind how to find love and show how being your true self generally works best. Now, here's your host, Shelley Pumphrey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Destination Love. I am very excited to have you all here today. Um, we have a very special guest joining us here in a few minutes, uh, Sandy Weiner. She is the um, founder of Last First Date, and our conversation today is going to be very empowering and um, eye-opening for those of you who might feel like you've lost some hope uh, when it comes to dating. And I, um, before I truly introduce Sandy and bring her on, I just wanted to kind of reflect on what was coming up for me as I was uh, talking to her before the show and and uh, preparing for today. Um, you know, my story is that I've been divorced for about six years, and um, I was thinking about how much I've changed since I've been divorced and how I've had those periods of feeling really hopeless when it comes to looking for love, but then also really excited. And um, the optimist in me is always looking for what good has come out of this situation. And um, I can say that I'm grateful to have uh, been divorced and, and gone through the single years that I have, um, where I've had some relationships, but I've also been single or, or been out in the, in the dating world, which is why I share this information with all of you. But um, I, I guess I'm sharing that because I know and I know that Sandy will share this as well, that how hard it can be to be single, but we will come, we're going to talk to you today about why it's important to keep the faith and to and to hold on to hope that you can get through this and hopefully um, find out that dating can be fun again and that sometimes it's all in the way that you look at things. Well, really, in my opinion, it's always in the way that you look at things. That's, you know, what you see is what you get. Um, wherever you focus is going to be your experience in your life. So um, we are going to dive in here today and talk about how to make dating fun, how to make it um, feel like an empowering experience, how to get out of first date hell. Uh, so I want to introduce Sandy Weiner, and like I said, she's the founder of Last First Date. She's been devoted to helping women achieve healthy, toe-curling, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. Um, Sandy's an internationally known TEDx speaker. She's a dating coach. She's an author. She's got online courses. She re- leads retreats. She does a lot, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really specializes in helping helping women communicate effectively, set clear boundaries in relationships, and value themselves. And I know that you are going to love what she has to say today. So, Sandy, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Shelly. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 
So I thought it would be fun before we kind of start getting into some of your tips, just to kind of hear your background, your story. Let us know why you're doing this. (laughs) Well, I just like you mentioned, I was married for quite a long time. I was married for 23 years to the wrong man. Um, And I learned a lot of great things from our marriage. Um, And I I got married knowing that he was the wrong man. And I remember walking down the aisle with this sinking feeling that I'm making a mistake, but I had literally given up on love. I had dated a lot. I was all of 28 years old. And I thought I had dated everybody. (laughs) I really, I I was running out of men. I was running out of time and my ovaries were going to dry up and I'd never have children. (laughs) Boy, I can relate with that feeling. I did the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Which seems so crazy now because 28 is so young and it's, it definitely wasn't true. But like you said, your attitude, your perspective, your mindset is everything. So when you have given up on love, then you settle. And when you settle, it comes back to bite you in the butt. And what happened in our relationship, and so I went in with that feeling of, well, he's a nice guy, and he's got good values, so the things that aren't working are going to work themselves out when we're married, which is a total lie uh, that some people tell themselves. (laughs) Danger, danger, when you're thinking that. (laughs) Right. And um, like many women, I thought I could fix men, um, you know, with, with love you know, maybe our love would grow and and I could fix him into the man that I wished he would be. So, um, of course, that didn't happen. And we actually had crisis in our first year of marriage. We, uh, I gave birth to our first child who was born with many severe birth defects. And um, he had a genetic disease, which we didn't know until he was about a year old. And what happened right after his birth really colored the rest of our marriage, which was our mindsets were so different when it came to crisis. Um, It woke up the warrior in me, which I think I had always been, you know, give me lemons, I'll make lemonade, I'll figure out how to, you know, work this. And he turned to anger and why me? And, um, you know, and fell apart. So I started (laughs) overperforming. which um, I'm now learning that that's actually a form of codependency, that mm-hmm. uh, when we grow up in homes where we didn't get the love it, that we needed and the, and the affirmation, the confirmation that we needed, um, and that love was achieved in ways that weren't healthy, that um, we tend to think that nobody's there for us and we're going to just have to do it ourselves. And so I did that more and more and he started doing less and less. And so I was resentful, um, but I stayed because I don't give up. That's part of my martyr thing. <laughs> I don't give up. And, um, and then something happened towards the end of my marriage that woke me up out of my stupor. And um, I, I had tried to leave him actually a few times. And mm-hmm. um, I, a divorce lawyer friend of mine said, do not leave him until the last, your last child graduates from high school because whatever problems you have now are going to get worse. And I have seen the worst of the worst, so try and stay. And at that point, she was probably, I don't know, five. <laughs> that was a lot of years. Oh, back. wow. Yeah. 
So I had three kids. Um, so I had four kids with him. My, my, our son had passed away when he was five. And, um, and then my, my husband just really fell apart. And I kept soldiering on. You know, I don't have time to fall apart. Mm-hmm. You know, who's got permission to do that? And um, so I started working in summer camps. Um, and so I'll make this shorter because I know you want to get to the uh, first aid stuff. But oh, actually, it's a fascinating story, though. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. So, um, so basically, a friend of mine proposed. I was an artist, um, working artist at the time, and she said, "How would you like to work as an art director in summer camps, sleepaway camps, and your kids could go to camp?" Which is something I I really wanted them to have because I didn't have it. And so I took this job, and that first summer was the summer where I had distance from my husband and realized how different we were. And that's when I first said, I want a divorce. And that's when my divorce lawyer friend said, don't do it. So about four years later, I was working in a different camp, and I met a guy who was also married and unhappy. And we started talking, and he's listening to me and he loves my art and he's hanging out and we play guitar together and it's like all romantic, but we're both married. And, and I don't even realize that he's woken up sexual desire in me because I had turned it off many, many years before. And I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. I probably lost 10 pounds and (laughs) I still am so completely blind to what's happening. Uh And, Then he leaves at the end of the first month and I'm staying on for the next month. And he says, can I leave my guitar in your room? Um, I'm going to come back in a week to bring my daughter back and I'll come back and get it. And I'm like, sure. And I'm thinking, okay, when he comes back, I'm going to, I'm going to be really clear that I like this guy. Uh, But I'm not having an affair, but like I've given him no indication that there's anything, but we're, we're buddies, right? So he comes back and I give him a hug and he took that as, oh, she wants to sleep with me. <laughs> so, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. The male mind sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we go for a walk later that day down to this beautiful secluded area and we go to sit down on this log that's crossing over a creek. And he puts his hand on my arm and I <laughs> blurted out, I can't have an affair with you. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So I realized at that moment that I had actually been thinking of having an affair, not thinking, but I had this dream of, oh, we'll both get divorced and he's my soulmate. And I finally met my soulmate. So now I can leave my marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I was delusional. I was really, really vulnerable. And, um, and then I ended up kissing him. That was it. Because um, I was just like, I, I, I've never felt this way, right? Um, so I'm not proud of the fact that this happened, but I, mm-hmm. I'm glad it happened. Yeah. Because it, it was the final straw where I realized that what I was giving up in my marriage, living in this like survival mode for so long, was not working for me anymore. And when I thought about how many more years I would have of this, it wasn't acceptable anymore. So I got out. Um, it was, it was a really tough time. I mean, it was, he, he actually found out about this guy and accused me of having an affair with him and called his wife. I mean, it was, it was like a living hell for a while. And I realized this guy was a total jerk and, um, he had had affairs with other women. I mean, you know, it's, they're, 
things, but it, it was, so he was obviously not my soulmate, but as he was, he helped me to reflect on what was important in my life. And he was the catalyst to get me out. So, um, one thing that I started to tune into, I started to tune into like, what, what have I given up in this marriage? And one was, okay, as a working artist, I was making, you know, beautiful furniture and doing some lovely things for people, but it didn't feel like a big enough impact on the world. I felt like I was playing small in many, many ways. And Mm -hmm. so I went to coaching school. I went to become a life coach because that was a part of me that I've always been good at, um, really been an empathic, you know, great, you know, go-to person, a good problem solver. And I never pursued that in my life. So I pursued that career and the dating coaching came about two years after I started coaching. I was helping friends who were dating after divorce and I wasn't ready yet. I, I took time to heal and help my children through the divorce and, you know, start a new business. It was too much going on. And yeah. But I, I was helping friends who were completely misunderstanding men and, you know, misinterpreting and making assumptions and writing horrible profiles that said nothing about them. And I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about this online dating stuff, but this doesn't sound like you. So let me rewrite this profile. And I started doing it enough that my friend finally called me the man whisperer because she, she said, you really get men. And I thought, I love it. Yeah, so I, I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. Is there a career here? I don't know. I never heard of dating coaching, uh-huh. and I started like googling and saying, oh, there's there are relationship coaches and dating coaches, and um, and my career was born. Wow, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wanted to help women not make the same mistakes that they've made in their past, just like I did, and I I became a student of relationships and what would make for a healthy relationship because I was clueless. I I didn't know why I ended up marrying my husband. I didn't realize the patterns in my past relationships until I did that work. And so I'm just, I love what I do and I love helping women especially own their value. Um, and my, my motto now is just, you know, for women to be the woman of value who attracts her best partner. I love that. And I'm so glad that you shared that story. I know you said you felt like it was too long, but I think it really, like to me, I know I've had, like, I'm almost, this is almost, this is weird because I've had a very parallel experience to yours um, in many ways, but I think it helps for people to know that you've been there. And, um, you know, I, I talk to so many women that are are like, um, you know, they they get this dating coaching advice, but they almost feel like we're just saying, well, just do this and it'll just be easy. But you came from a background where it wasn't easy. I mean, like you said, you've been a student of relationships and here you are now, um, still a student of relationships that never ends. I'm sure you'd agree. (laughs) Um, But you have some great wisdom to share. So why don't we move on and talk about like these, what you've learned, what you like to share with women and talk about how to, how to date right now. Like how do we manage these expectations that we have in dating for, you know, finding the right partner or or what dates are even supposed to look like? Can you (laughs) 
Can you guide us in this <laughs> with all of your wisdom? Um, okay, so let's start with what's the purpose of a first date? Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of people go into first dates the way I used to with um, this feeling of, I hope he's my, my future boyfriend or husband. Mm-hmm. And if he's not, boy, are you disappointed. And you get burnt out and you go, dating sucks. I'd rather be home with my cats. <laughs> um, so, yes, dating doesn't have to suck if you know what you're doing. And so you need to um, really change your mindset around dating if you want to enjoy the process. So mm-hmm. what I would say is um, you want to go in with the idea of, first of all, that you're the chooser. You are choosing whether you're going to like him. I hope I like him for women. You know, I hope I like him. And um, and you're going in to discover, not to decide. You know, you don't know somebody until you've known him. And I can share a little story in a, a little later about somebody who I thought I knew recently who showed himself to be very different after a few dates. So people say nice things. They show up as their best self, hopefully. And if they don't, that's a really big red flag. Um, And um, yeah, you're just gathering information. You come in well prepared as you would for anything else in your life. You know, if if you were going on a job interview, you would come in prepared. You would not come in without knowing something about the job, just as you should know something about your date if you're dating online. You know, don't come in with like, you know, deer in the headlights. There's a lot you can do to prepare. Like what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, first of all, prepare some of the passions that you have that you want to share on a date. So you want to be memorable and you want to be interesting. So make yourself an interesting person if you're not already. You know, read more if you're not reading. Um, Watch interesting shows. Share, Share some of the dreams that you've had or what's on your bucket list and why. And the why is such an important part of this because the why is going to share the values that you have, um, the parts of your heart that are important. Um, So, you know, the more you share about yourself in that way, the more your date is going to be able to share about their lives. And you're going to walk away with information that's important about their values and what's important to them. I love that. And I think just remembering just to don't be afraid to put yourself out there in authentic ways um, because, you know, if you're going out and you're, you're hiding parts of yourself because you're trying to impress, you're not going to find the right partner. So I like this, you know, putting that why behind the inter- the interest so that, um, you know, I think there's something more genuine about that and more open, you know, so that somebody can decide whether you're a good match for them and you can you know, get the same from them because you're opening up this kind of conversation. Um, So we're going to take a quick break for a commercial. And when we come back, we'll continue to get some tips on how to manage our expectations with dating. Um, Thank you. And we'll see you in a few. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Shelley Pumphrey, and we are here interviewing Sandy Weiner. Uh, founder of Last First Date. And uh, Sandy, before we uh, took a commercial break, you were talking to us about the purpose of dating. Um, and you were talking a little bit about, um, you know, sharing your interests, being interesting and sharing the why behind your interests. Is, did you have anything else to add um, to the purpose of dating or anything on that that we didn't get to cover? Yeah, I think it's just you want to also know if you're going to go on a second date. (laughs) That's the purpose of a first date. Um, It's one step at a time. It's not, you know, let's plan a future now because, oh, my God, your profile is amazing. You must be the most amazing person in the world. Um, (laughs) So a profile is not a person. Remember that, please. Right, right. I mean, I have made that that mistake. When I started dating, I fell in love with, a guy's profile and his phone persona and his email persona. Mm -hmm. And when we met in person about four days later, we had already spent probably 10 hours on the phone, had exchanged probably 40 emails. We had shared our entire life story. (laughs) We were planning our future. We had already, we planned two dates instead of one because we moved up the first date but kept the second because we were positive. It was going to be so amazing. And it was such a freaking disaster. He was <laughs> so hideous. In person. And it wasn't just his appearance. And I hate to sound shallow, but we all have to it's be okay. attracted, you know. But right. it was it was his whole being. Um, it was he was slight and bent over and had a smell. And I mean, it was everything. Oh, wow. So, yeah. A person as soon as possible. And, um, you know, so some people live in text. They want to just text you forever. So as a woman of value, you need to let a man know that you prefer to meet as soon as possible, that, you know, texting isn't a conversation. I've actually said those words. You know, it's been great getting to know you by text, but I don't feel like texting's a conversation. Um, So, you know, your preferences have to be known from the start. You know, assert your value on a phone call on a, you know, on a text. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's... You know, I really love that. And I think one of the things that I hear people talk about is, you know, if that's going on as a woman, um, a lot of women get afraid to say what you just said, because they, they're afraid it looks like they're doing the pursuing and asking, getting a guy to ask them out. Um, so they back down and they just kind of let him take the lead on that. But I like the way you said it, like, and especially just that mindset of as a woman of value, you know, you can kind of, you can ask for what you need or, or share your preferences. Um, you know, that this is a, this is not a conversation. Yes. And let the man know you want him to ask you out. That's a woman's job. Mm. So, you know, you give him the green light. Men need green lights. They don't get our subtle messages. We are subtle creatures. We read into things. Um, We hint around things. That is really bad dating practice. So, um, So, you know, when you want, when you like a man, let him know. Or I admire a man who, blank. You say that in your profile. Let a man want to pre-qualify himself and say, oh, I can be that guy. Um, but don't be vague in your profile. You know, if something is really a deal breaker for you, and and this is important because a guy who has a million, not a million, but if he has, say, your five must-haves, you know, he's a man of character, he's got steel core of integrity, he seems to be generous and kind and charitable, and he's good-looking and he makes a good living and all these wonderful things, but he's not accountable. Um you know, he didn't follow through. And this is what happened to me recently. So can I can I share that story real quick? Heck yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> it's not going to be real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I met this guy after a whole bunch of dating duds. Um, so I'm quick to, you know, I don't believe you have to give a guy five dates to know. I, I think yeah. sometimes, you know, on the first date, sometimes yeah. people are nervous and they don't show up as their full self on the first date. So if you like a man enough, if there's some connection, then definitely go out with him more than once. But, you know, after after giving a bunch of guys chances and seeing that they weren't panning out, I, I meet this guy and he seems he seems wonderful in person. And he walked me to my car and he was a gentleman and he said, I really want to see you again. And I said, I do, too. So that's another thing. At the end of a first date, if you want to see a man again, let him know. <laughs> don't just say I had a good time just say I had a great time it was great meeting you and I'd love to do this again I'd love to do this again part I never used to do that so a lot of men are going well women say that all the time I had a great time how many people say it and don't mean it but I'd love to do this again that's that's confirmation yeah I agree so we both said love to do this again and we went out again the following week and he said uh, he kisses me goodnight. I'd love to do this again. <laughs> okay. What day three? I tell him, okay, I'll be in touch. And a week goes by and I don't hear from him. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, I want to text him so badly, but my fingers are broken. <laughs> 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 and I am just being really patient because I know sometimes people get busy and I don't want to be desperate and needy. And I'm not, you know, I had a busy right. life. I have a busy life, but I, I don't like when people just disappear either. <clears throat> so I, uh, let me get a drink of water. So I <clears throat> wait another week and I still don't hear from him. And by then I said, okay, I am going to text him, but I'm going to do this in a masterful way. <laughs> this is something I have never done before. But I got, I really had a sense that we had a connection and I didn't think he was just dissing me or, you know, 
doing something skeezy. It felt like mm-hmm. he's just busy. Yeah. So I wrote to him, I cooked an amazing meal last night. Why weren't you here? With a little smiley, winky face. Nice. I love it. <laughs> so the reason I did the, you know, cooked an amazing meal was I wanted to find something that we had in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both love to cook and he's been the family cook, you know, when he was raising his kids with his wife, he was the home cook and um, he loves entertaining. So I knew this was something that he could relate to. And I didn't really want him here. I mean, we only went out twice, but it was a tease. And he wrote back right away and he said, I was so busy the last two weeks. I really had no life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote, hey, with a little advance notice, I can make time in my busy life for you, smiley face. So here's, again, asserting my value. I need advance notice. I'm not a last minute girl. Yeah. And I can make time in my busy life, meaning I'm busy too, buddy. But yeah. <laughs> I can make time Here for I you. am. It's texting a priority you. <laughs> me. So he yeah. wrote, great, you know, and, and, and you know, I'd love to. Um, I'll be away this weekend or get back Sunday night. Let's make a plan. And we, we decided on Monday. That was yesterday, two days ago. Monday came and went. I did not hear from him. Mm. And now I'm like, he's done. I'm done. I, I gave him, I really put myself out on a limb with that that sexy text and really out of my comfort zone, which I highly recommend that everybody do. Yes. And, um, so um, I get a text from him. Oh, wait, before that happened, there was another masterful text I want to share. So he wrote um, for Monday, he said, I'm cooking. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, I, am I allowed to say that on the radio? Oh, yes. You can okay. say shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, I already said to him, why were you here? So how do I get out of this one? Because I was kind of inviting him uh-huh. and I don't have a double standard. So I wrote... There's a part of me that would love to come over and taste your delicious home-cooked meal. So, again, always start with appreciation and yeah. um, let a man know that you desire him. And then let him know your values. So then I wrote. Yeah. And I also know that when I've done that too soon in the past, it hasn't worked out well. If you pick a restaurant near you, I'm happy to drive down. So he had come to me twice. So I was offering him you know, sort of an olive branch. I'll come out to you. Mm-hmm. You pick a restaurant, you pay for me. I'll come out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, great. You know, so that that's what happened with the Monday date. And then when it came and went and I said, okay, you know, even if he contacts me, I'm done with him. So the next day he wrote to me and said, um, so sorry about yesterday. I had so much work. I completely forgot. Got home at eight thirty. Started at seven thirty. My bad. I hope you'll understand and forgive me. With so he didn't show up for the date. Didn't show up. Never told me where it was going to be. Nothing. I didn't hear from him at all. God, too busy work. Okay, so this was the second work work excuse in two weeks. Um, And little prayer hands. You know, please forgive me. So the you know prayer emoji was cute, but mm, sorry, Mm -hmm. that's not going to do it for me. Yeah. So I spent the whole day getting my thoughts together. And this is really important. Please, ladies, do not be reactive. Take time and process. And because if you just let a man know that you're pissed off, you know, you're showing yourself to not be a woman of value. You know, you always want to be, take the high road, be the woman of value. So um, here's what I wrote. 
and I was really proud of this. I have to say, because I never could do any of this. I forgave you when you disappeared for two weeks after saying you wanted to see me the week before. Can I forgive you for forgetting about our date? Honestly, I felt disrespected when I didn't hear from you yesterday. It sure didn't feel good to be forgotten. And I can forgive you. I don't hold grudges, but I'm looking for a man who follows through with his word, someone who respects me enough to make me a priority in his life. It seems like your work is a bigger priority right now. So I'm closing the door for now. All the best to you. And he apologized, sort of. Um, He said, I'll tell you that I meant no disrespect in any way. I understand your disappointment in me and my actions. The only thing I can do is apologize. But you're right. My life is very busy lately with the new company I started. Okay. Um, well, I love your, your response. That was awesome. Thank Just you. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so I used to tell people how I felt by giving them a piece of my mind and mm-hmm. like, you know, you can't treat me that way. Well, nobody wants to hear that. And it just makes people defensive. And, you know, so you don't want to slam the door on somebody's face. I do believe he's a good guy. I, I do believe he's telling me the truth. But I'm not going to be a yo-yo on a string, you know, at his whim to decide, oh, please forgive me. You know, forgiveness, I do forgive people, but I don't forget. And I think it's important to set clear boundaries about how you want to be treated and and to let people know, like if you're an on-time person and you get on the phone with somebody before a first date and you want to know what time they're going to show up, you know, don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm an on-time person. I'm just wondering, how about you? Yeah, I um, love it. So such clarity there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent my life <laughs> at, obviously in a lack of clarity and a, mm-hmm. you know, a cesspool of, of life. Yeah. And um, and it's just so empowering to be able to feel that you have closure, that you are empowered in dating. And, and you are. We always have choice. And so many people give up their choices. Right. And, you know, one thing that I just want to throw in, I, I, I don't want to go off on a total tangent here, but one of the things that I often talk to my uh, clients about is attachment and, and the concept I use is called the love style. So um, often people, our brains are wired to be, um, you know, to connect to whatever partner is there, even if it's just somebody you've been on one or two dates with. And certain attachment styles, um, for those of you who follow my work, those of you who are love connectors or who have an anxious attachment, um, when somebody doesn't show up for a date, like, you know, this situation that you just described, Sandy, we can, like a love connector can go in a very reactive state um, very quickly because Mm -hmm. the brain is saying, whoa, you know, alarm, this person is pulling away from you. And you can sometimes say some things that, um, you know, don't sound so nice. So I love that you're saying, you know, basically the advice is respond, don't react. And sometimes it takes some time to calm yourself down, think through things, take a little while to write that text message or, you know, to think of what you're, you know, what your words really need to say um, before you go into that reactive place. So, um, yeah, I, and you know, so, sorry, you no, go to- ahead. 
I just want to say I, I'm glad you brought up the attachment styles because you have to know yourself and this is important in dating is to take responsibility for your share and I was an anxious attachment style mm-hmm. you know my whole life I spent time ruminating what did I do what did I do wrong and you right. know was me and what, what I would go over the whole conversation and um, and and now I'm a secure attachment style because I've done the work and I realized what was keeping me anxious and you know why I was that style and it had so much to do with my upbringing, and so you know it feels so much better to know that it's not you usually, um, but sometimes it is you and right. Um, so <laughs> we have control over that part over how we show up and what we say and how we respond. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. Like I, I had an anxious attachment too, and have done a lot of work and am definitely a more securely attached person right now um, because of that. So, you know, and I can't recommend enough for people to do the work on yourself so that you know you have that self-awareness and that ability to, um, you know, because you know yourself, you can put yourself out there in more authentic, honest in empowering ways, um, especially when you're looking for a partner. Yeah. So, yeah. One more thing about this guy is Uh that um, what impressed me about him in the beginning was a lot of his words, um, that he, he was charitable and he gave me examples. And he told me he left his marriage because his wife wasn't giving him enough attention and that she would text him and not call and Mm. that they, they just didn't have a close relationship and I'm looking at his actions and he doesn't call and I asked him to call me when he had time and he never calls Um, and he pulled away and he was wondering why his last girlfriend disappeared on him without a word and he was disappearing on me so those are much more important things to look for than all the nice things that somebody says and so that's that's also what gives you the power is like make sure the actions and words match absolutely yeah, and, and actions usually speak much louder than words, so oh, yeah. you, you got to pay attention and don't look for what you want to see, look for what is actually being presented to you, What what's real God, versus yes. what you're hoping this person is going to be, especially for us women who think that we can change men, um, <laughs> that just ugh, don't do it, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's really, I love that you shared that story because I think, I think most people who are dating can relate to that because it's rare that, that somebody hasn't had an experience like that in, in our modern online dating world. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it happens. So that's really helpful advice. Um, yeah. I want, I know we're, we're going to have a few minutes here, but I wanted to, to ask you, um, like when you're on this first date, how is it that you make the decision to go on a second date? Can you share with us how we go forward? Yeah, to me, it's not it's not a major long list, laundry list. It's, did you have fun? Did you feel some connection? Um, does he have some of your must-haves? Does he have none of your deal breakers? <laughs> so you really need to define those things before you go on dates. You know, or is, is your stomach hurting on the date? Are you feeling anxious? Um you know, if you're feeling good and you feel like, you know, there's some attraction, I would not expect there to be a, you know, a, you know, instant chemistry. Those are usually crash and burn dates. Mm -hmm. But if there's some attraction, you can imagine kissing this person one day, go on another day. You know, Um, if you've laughed together, bonus points. (laughs) I love it. 
Yeah, those are good. And pay attention to your gut, too. Yeah. You may have some of those good things because maybe you're with somebody who f- looks really attractive to you. And so your brain is like shooting off all those chemicals to say, yeah. oh, yes, I want this guy. But then your gut is giving you some other information that, hmm, something seems off in this conversation. And yeah. But maybe that's also something to say, like, if it's not quite enough and you don't know, to try a second date because you might get more information on that second date. So, you know, sometimes people yes. can share a little bit more um, that you're missing on a first date. Yeah. Remember, discover, don't decide. This is okay. time for discovery. And I learned this from my friend, Bobby Palmer. It is such an important thing. Discover, don't decide. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's, um, and yeah. And you're not like, you don't have to know if you're going to marry this person in the first date, like you know. Um, well, there's no way you could know that. <laughs> right, right. That takes a lot of time. So yes. <laughs> just go for fun and and know that you're trying to find whoever it is that um, you know might be a potential for you. So good. So we're going to stop and take a commercial break here. Uh, We will be back in a few minutes. If you guys want to join me on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash authentic date, and we will see you in a few. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Hello and welcome back. This is Shelley Pumphrey and we are talking to Sandy Weiner here today, founder of Last First Date. Sandy's been giving us some great information about how to go about the dating process and how to show up as a woman of value when we're dating. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask is um, just about some of those awkward or difficult date issues that come up, um, you know, that we sometimes don't know how to handle. So let's say um, you're on a date and your date won't stop talking. I think we've all had that experience. What would you do if that was happening, Sandy? So first of all, realize that some people don't stop talking because they're selfish and self-centered and some because they're nervous. And you won't know until you interrupt a man and see how he responds. So please stop, don't tolerate behaviors that you hate. Um, So 
you know, what I used to do was what I call the bobblehead date where I would just keep nodding my head and feel like pissed off inside. And you know what? People can feel your pissed offness because it leaks out of you. And um, so what what I recommend is that you interrupt him and just say, "Um, excuse me, may I interrupt you? And um, you've been talking a lot. And I'm just wondering if there's anything you'd like to know about me. Um, and some, yes. <laughs> I love it. some men will thank you. They'll say, oh, my God, I was just out of control. Thank you so much. <laughs> and other men will be, I saw it happened to me once on a first date where the guy did not stop talking. And then he said, oh, my God, I, I've been talking so much. Um, tell me, what do you do? Which is also a really bad question to ask on a first date. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I would ask, you know, what do you love about your job, but not what do you do? Uh-huh. But anyway, <clears throat> I tell him I'm a life coach because I don't like to say dating coach. And we go down the rabbit hole of like, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he says, oh, you're a life coach. Me too. He was not a life coach. Um, he was like a real estate guy. He, he sold things. I don't know. Anyway, it went back to him. And so I just realized at that point. We're cutting, we're cutting bait here. We're, we're getting out. I'm just, yeah. you know, and then when I stood up to leave, he, he looks at my really cool boots that I'm wearing. He goes, oh my God, those are the coolest boots. It was worth going on a date for you just to be seen with you in those boots. Oh my, nah, narcissist alert. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up, right? No. <laughs> I always say it's either a, a bad date. It's either, it's either a good date or a good story, especially oh, totally. for the blog. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, how horrible, but yeah, good good to laugh about for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think every, I can, I know I can relate. I can't imagine, or I can't count how many times I've been on a date with someone who just keeps talking. Um, and I'm a listener I like to listen to people and I can be the bobblehead for sure. But um, I do like to, te- you know, test them out a little bit and do exactly what you said, because you're going to find out really quickly if somebody is, you know, they will turn it back on themselves with everything that you say, if they're very self-centered or God forbid, narcissistic, um, or they're just anxious. And a lot of guys do feel anxious and feel like they have to kind of be in charge of the first date. Right. You know, so they'll kind of control or direct the conversation. Yeah. Well, we, we actually did this exercise. I did some role play in my retreat last year. And I had two women playing the roles of the woman and the man. And the woman who interrupted said she actually felt compassion for him, for the him mm-hmm. <laughs> woman, um, because she saw how, like, nervous he seemed, you know, that he was talking and going off on tangents. And so it was a very good exercise for them both to feel what it would feel like to be the other person, you know, and and we really went deeply into feelings and needs and, and how to express that. And so, you know, when you can have compassion for another, that's, Mm -hmm. that that makes you a really good date. You know, when you show up in, in these ways as a woman of value on dates, you are like a goddess to the right man, because, Mm -hmm. There are so many women who don't show up in their full value, who who really suppress who they are or try to morph into something that they're not to, to impress a man. And it's it's just so refreshing to see a real woman who's true to herself and um, who can also be compassionate and kind and understanding of men. Right. I can't agree with you more. 
Um, and that's hopefully can be some good motivation for women to um, be that way, to show up that way in their lives and especially in their dates. Yeah. Good. So what are some other tough, awkward questions that people often get asked on a date? And what would you say to help them answer these questions? There's a, there are a few questions that are common, like, how's online dating going for you? Oh, yes, that's a standard. <laughs> so that, that gets asked even in a first message. You know, uh-huh. Are you new to the site? How's it going for you? Uh-huh. So, you know, the problem with that question is, where do you go with that? It's right. Uh, that's why it's a little dating. Loaded question. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about that horrible first date I had last week. Oh, my God. And then you get into all the negatives, which you don't want to show up on a date, connecting with, with negativity, with your past, with your wounds. Um, you want to connect on the positives and what's good now. I, I don't care who a person was five years ago. I want to know who they became. And so, um, so you want to bring every tough question to the present. Um, so, you know, online dating. Wow, I've, I've, I'm, I'm right here with you right now. I think it's working really well. Like I'm on a date with you, you know. So it could be as simple as that. Or um, I'm meeting some really wonderful people. Haven't met, you know, the my forever love yet, but I'm really hopeful. You know, I'm ready to meet them. Like How about that. you? You know, what do you like about online dating? So really keep that question positive uh-huh. instead of what do you hate about online dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great because it is yeah. easy to say the wrong thing and start off on that negative um, note for sure. Yep. So another one is um, if you've never been married, um, why are you still single? Oh, God. <laughs> so, most people feel like saying none of your damn business. Right. Um, but that's not a good answer. <laughs> yes. Or they go into a whole explanation. Well, you know, I was really messed up and I went to a lot of therapy and, and you know, now I'm a little bit better, but I'm still pretty unstable. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, again, you want to talk about your readiness today. You know, I was busy focusing on my career and, um, you know, but now I'm really ready to meet the right guy. How about you? What do you, you know, what do you like about being single now? Or what, what are you looking forward to? You know, so again, redirect the question, um, keep it positive, keep it short. You don't have to go into detail. And one more that's very common if you're divorced is why, why'd you get divorced? And again, that can lead to ex-bashing, negativity, uh, really nasty conversations. And in some ways, you really want to know how a person talks about their ex because yeah. it says a lot about them and whether they are still holding resentment. And Because um, I, I know I don't want to date somebody who's who's still angry um, and, right. um, or still in love. You know, it could be either. Um, so with that question, I would say, you know, we both really wanted it to work and it didn't. And, um, you know, and I've learned so much since then, and I'm really ready to meet the right person. Yeah. Um, so always leaving it on a positive note, you know, and then throwing it back to them in the same way. Um, you know, people want to know who initiated the divorce. Who cares? You right. know, it's too, it's really irrelevant information. And people think they're going to learn something about you by hearing your answers to these questions and they're just bad first date questions. So, 
you know, come with your own first date questions, um, but come with answers that, that you prepare in advance, just like you prepare those little pieces about yourself that you want to share, the positives, you know, the passions, the, the that great trip you took and how, you know, going to that exhibit at that museum just made your heart melt. Um, you know, speak in feelings. That's another tip. Women who are successful, like most of us, um, who have, you know, really just kind of done things on our own, we tend to speak in thoughts and men speak in thoughts much more. And so Mm -hmm. we want to connect in a man to woman way. And this leads to first date success. You want to share your feelings. You want to let a man know how you feel and help him have that soft place to land um, because that's really what he's looking for. He's not looking to compete with you. He's not, he doesn't care about your thousand accomplishments. I mean, uh, that's how I used to show up on dates, you know, oh, I'm so busy. I'm, I'm, you know, crazy busy. And I have my, my business that I started and I'm, I have a mortgage and <laughs> I'm really, right. it's like, I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, you know, he might be impressed, but you know, you don't want him to hire you. You want him to date you. Exactly. Well, and that even going down that route, it feels like you're showing up like a man and not like a woman and not to not to be sexist about it. But it's more about that masculine, feminine Mm -hmm. um, kind of energy that uh, we, you know, all of us have a certain degree of that. So I love that. I think um, I just what you said, give him a soft place to land that just that makes such sense. Yeah, lead with your femininity. It's not mm-hmm. about suppressing that masculine side of you that made you so successful and amazing because right. you should be proud of that. But right. if that's all you're talking about, then he's going to walk away going, she was impressive, but eh, I don't feel it. Right. You know, yeah. so if you want him to feel it, you've got to show up with what he doesn't have. You know, just yeah. like, you know, those super feminine men who talk about their feelings all the time. And right. I dated a guy who was a tree hugger and, you know, because <laughs> I used to think that's what I needed was like right. a really sensitive man. And boy, was I turned off because yeah. I need the masculinity. I need that polarity of what I don't have. And we all do. Yeah, absolutely. And when you can get more in touch with that and understand what that means, uh, you'll find so much more satisfaction in your relationships. We oh, talk yeah. about that a lot here on this show. So, um, yeah, that's a really great way to think about it. So, um, we are, I guess, one last quick question that I would have is, like, how do you know if you're oversharing? Because you're talking about some things, I mean, you've given us kind of an idea, but are there other things that we might overshare on on a first date? Yeah, a lot of people disagree with me on this. They feel like they want to know everything right away so they can make their decision. But I don't think you can handle everything right away. And so I think that um, you don't share that you had breast cancer. You don't share that your mother was a narcissist on a first date. Um, People are making judgments about you. And while all these things are true, they don't define who you are. So really, like, you know, if you have diabetes, are you diabetes or do you have diabetes? Mm-hmm. Because if that's how you define yourself, then then you really need to rethink how you define yourself. Um, I had a client who had uh, cerebral palsy. And um, she felt that men were rejecting her because her arm bent in a little bit and she walked with a limp. And I said, you know what? You're rejecting yourself. Yeah. As soon as she learned to stop defining herself as the cerebral palsy woman, 
Uh-huh. She attracted in this amazing man who valued and loved her, and they're married. Um, they are that's so awesome. happy. So that's, that's a great example. Yeah, it's really important. So, so share the good stuff. Um, you know, don't hide who you are, but but focus on the good. And as you get to know each other, you'll feel when it's the right time to share more. When somebody already likes you, they can hear the the hard stuff. Right. Perfect. Sandy, it's been so wonderful to talk to you today. You have a lot of wisdom and just, um, I, I love your authenticity and your willingness to be open about the stuff. It, it really makes it easier to hear and to understand. Um, I know that you do a ton of work to help people in their dating lives. Can you share with us quickly about how people can find you um, online or, or in your podcast? Tell us how to find you. Sure, thank you. And I feel like like uh, we're sisters in our, yeah. in our journey. And I'd love to to actually talk to you more and get to know you better. Um, and you're going to be on my podcast soon, yeah. so that's going to be exciting. So yes, my podcast is Last First Date Radio. You can find it on iTunes um, or on my website, lastfirstdate.com. Uh, connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on everything, <laughs> Instagram. Pinterest, YouTube. I'm working <laughs> on my YouTube channel now. Um, I have a free guide that you can sign up for about why men disappear because that's such an important topic. Um, yeah, connect with me. I would love to talk with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our listeners for being here today. Uh, Make sure that you join us next week. We will be talking about what you just said, basically, (laughs) why men um, disappear uh, with Jonathan Asley, another uh, relationship coach. So thanks for joining us. This is Shelley Pumphrey. You can find me at uh, thelovestrategist.com. We'll see you next week. you for making a weekly visit to Destination Love. Please join Shelley Pumphrey again next Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be brave, be you, be loved. <laughs>